Okay, so as you enter our building, which, by the way, is this nondescript, like, uh, uh, undisclosed location, as you walk in, there's this brick. And you might think, well, why would you have a brick outside your door? Aren't you afraid of people picking it up and throwing it through the window? Yeah, but on that brick, it has a passage, which is 1 Samuel chapter 7. And it's the stone of hope, the stone of hope. And so every day when our staff come to work, they pass by the stone of hope. And last year, we had something happen that gave us great hope. Amen? What was it? The overturning of Roe versus Wade. In fact, last year at the Day of Action, well, let me digress. So I like to pride myself in the fact that I'm this great predictor. Actually, I'm not very good, to be honest. But I did get the Cavaliers right in 2016. So, and I, I also got Barack Obama right. I don't really like to claim credit for that one. But uh, I did predict he would be president of the United States. So I, I like to think of myself as this great predictor. So we all saw last uh, spring when the Alito leak occurred. Remember this? And everybody's like speculating, when, when is the decision going to come down? And, you know, are, they gonna, are the justices going to change their minds? What's going to happen? There was all this happening. There were, the, you know, the, the, the attacks on the pregnancy centers and, and, the, and all this vandalism and things like that, the firebombing and all that, right? Well, I put my predictor hat on. I said, well, okay, I think the, I think the Supreme Court's likely going to hand down the Dobbs decision in the last week of the session. And I started telling everybody about it because everybody was like, oh, it's going to be next week. Ah, oh, the justices did. No, 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 no decision, no decision. And so it came around to June 24th. And I said, it's going to be June 27th. It's going to be June 27th. That's Monday. We met on June 24th last year for the day of action. It was a Friday. And I get a text, or maybe it was Seth. I think maybe he came out to me and said, the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade. And I just broke. Right? We all did. And so what I want to do, I'm going to, I'm going to play a little clip. We're going to go down memory lane for a little bit. This is last year, here at the Day of Action, when the Dobbs decision came down from the U.S. Supreme Court. I have an announcement, have an announcement from the United States Supreme Court. Roe is dead! Yeah! like to reiterate today. Roe is dead, folks. One more time. Roe is dead. Amen. Now, we're one year past the decision, Dobbs v. Jackson. What does it mean for us? And I want to share a little bit about this. I think we all understand what it means. Roe versus Wade, the way the justices decided, they just basically returned the abortion issue back to the state legislatures, right? We all get that? Understood that? So they said that the, there is no constitutional right to abortion. So now the state legislature and the people can decide 
So where are we? Where are we now? A year later. Seth mentioned a few things I'm going to in a minute. But we, we have to understand one thing, and that is that the U.S. Supreme Court did not go far enough. Amen? The Dobbs decision was not adequate. Now, we're thankful this huge impediment has been removed. It's out of the way. Now the states can decide. We can actually put this up for a vote. This is a good thing. We've been asking for this for decades, and now we have our chance. We have our moment. But they didn't go far enough. The only justice that saw that was Clarence Thomas. And when he wrote in concurrence, in his opinion, he basically said that that 14th Amendment, where they use the word person, does protect the unborn. And I don't know if you saw this week, and I think it's a good idea, live actions come out with their new North Star. Anybody see that? If you haven't, you should. Basically, they're saying the pro-life movement should have a North Star. Where are we headed now? Now that Rose overturned, where are we going? And they say, and I agree, it's the 14th Amendment. It's the 14th Amendment. Now, let me read it to you. Fourth Amendment says this. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall bridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Nor shall any state deprive any person, that's an important word, of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Nor deny any person within its jurisdiction equal protection of the law. Now Clarence Thomas said that word person applies to the unborn. That's our new North Star. That's our new new North Star. And that's where we need our talking points to be aimed at that 14th Amendment. Now, where are we? Oops. Uh, We're not there, (laughs) that's for sure. Although in a minute you'll understand we are there. Uh, This is a map. LifeSite News, by the way, a great website, has this interactive map that you can kind of trace and find out where each state lands on abortion. To simplify, it's simple. It's basically this. You have the blue states, whether they're light or dark, are states that have outlawed abortion. Right now, there are 14 states in the union that have outlawed abortion. Amen? Give it up for that. This is a good thing. We didn't have that a year ago, right? 14 states, it is now illegal to kill your unborn child. Now, The gray states are the abortion havens. Those are where abortion is basically legal up to the very moment of birth. Unfortunately, Michigan just joined that group last year. So this is the new paradigm, if you will, and what we're faced with. It's not very much different than what we faced after, uh, I mean, before slavery was abolished. If you remember, there were slave states, right? And there were free states. Now, the map didn't look the same. Because you had northern states and you had southern states. It's a little different now, but it's similar. And that is we have abortion-free states, blue states, and we have abortion havens, gray states, very much the same. What's the problem with that? Just like in slavery, you can't have it this way. It violates equal protection, equal protection. We cannot put it up to the states to decide whether unborn children deserve the right to life. Amen? Amen? Right? We cannot put it, leave it up to the states to decide whether abortion should be legal or not. It's not for them to decide. There has to be a federal remedy, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. 
Although we find us, ourselves in this state-by-state state battle, which is, which is where, you know, where we need to be battling right now, it cannot be the final outcome. It cannot be the final outcome. Uh, because we can't have this free state, slave state, abortion free state, abortion haven state. It just can't happen. Because borders don't determine personhood. They don't determine personhood. Uh, you know, you look at the state, look at, say, you know, Texas and New Mexico. We can't have babies in Texas, persons, and babies in New Mexico, non-persons. Just, it can't happen. It can't be that way. So, we have to have that North Star, and that's why I like Live Action's uh, new initiative. The North Star is that 14th Amendment. Let me give you three points on that, uh, and hopefully just write these down. Why it is that we believe that the preborn are persons under the 14th Amendment. The first is this. States had recognized preborn children as persons at all stages before the 14th Amendment was actually ratified. Think about that. All the states had recognized uh, the unborn as persons. Number three, or, or number two, protections were, all, were already rooted in British common law, which we get our law from mostly. So you got to keep that in mind. British common law protected the unborn. And number three, the 14th Amendment, the authors that wrote it included the unborn. Let me read one of them. This is from Jacob Howard. He was one of the authors of the 14th Amendment. He said this, the purpose of the 14th Amendment was to disable a state from depriving not merely a citizen of the United States, but any person, whoever he may be, of life, liberty, or property without due process. Any person, whoever he may be. You understand that the 14th Amendment does protect the unborn. That needs to be our new North Star. Politically, that has to be our new North Star. Roe is dead. But unfortunately, abortion is still very much alive in America because we do not have a unified federal ban on abortion. The good news, as Seth said earlier, is we do have abortion-free states. Approximately 30,000 babies have been saved since Dobbs was handed down. Amen. That's, That's great. But the bad news is this, and this is where we get to the Ohio situation. Since Roe v. Wade was overturned, since Dobbs was handed down, we're 0 for 6. We're 0 for 6, Michigan being one of them. Now, I'm a Ohio State fan. I know you're a Michigan. Are you, are you a Michigan fan? Okay, well, whatever. Uh, they're, they're no good anyway. But Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. You know what? If Ryan Day went 0 for 6 this next season, guess what? He'd get fired. He'd get fired. (laughs) We're 0 for 6. That's the bad news. Good news is we have 14 states that have banned abortion, but we're 0 for 6 in state constitution, uh, constitutional amendments. Now, without just just a little bit of clarification, California didn't change much. I mean, it was already abortion up to the very moment of birth in California. However, they passed a state constitution, basically, uh, an amendment to enshrine it. So nothing really changed there. Uh, Vermont was one of the others, you know, Vermont's pro-abortion up to the moment of birth as well. Where it matters, though, is Michigan, Montana, Kansas, and Kentucky all tried to pass pro-life amendments to the Constitution. Those were defeated. So we're 0 for 6. 
We're 0 for 6, and I hope we don't go for 0 for 7. In Ohio this year, we are the only state that we're aware of where there's going to be a constitutional amendment on the ballot. Now, it looks like they're going to get the signatures, right? We're going to hear about that later this week or, or maybe into next week. So we game on, right? Game on. Even if we raise that threshold to 60%, it's still game on. We've got to defeat this in November. We don't want to go 0 for 7. And Ohio is a bellwether state. It's a bellwether state. It always has been. You know, you cannot win the presidents of the United States without carrying Ohio. And it has been reliably red in the last two uh, election cycles. Donald Trump carried the state by eight points both times. We have a, a legislature's Republican. We have a, a, a governor's Republican. So it's not exactly like Michigan. And this is a good thing. We have a lot of things going for us. But this is why the pro-abortion movement has their eyes on Ohio. Because if they think they can win here, they can take it across the country. Because as Ohio goes, so goes the nation, right? And that's why it's so very important we win here. We have to defeat it. We have to defeat it. I like to think of it as a, as a land war, okay? Not guns and you know, bullets and tanks. Of course not. We don't do that. We win by words. We win by action, right? By, by defending them with our, with our words. But I like to think of it as a land war, that is, we have occupied territory right now, those gray states. They're occupied for the most part. That doesn't mean we don't fight there. I'm glad for our Michigan friends that are still up in Michigan fighting because their children might, might die up there. And there are people who, who are going to be devastated by abortion. And we need to change hearts and minds for their own good and politically eventually down the road. However, we need to consolidate, just like in a land war. You lose an estate. Or you lose in a country, what happens? You retreat strategically to a state where you can win. Think about World War II for an example. Germany invades Poland, occupies Poland. Denmark, Norway, Belgium, North Netherlands, so on and so forth. Guess what? Before long, they have France. And what happens? The Allies, what do they do? They develop a beachhead where? In Britain, and they invade on, on D-Day in Normandy. They consolidated, they pulled back, retreated for a moment so they could get their act together and then launch an assault. That's what we need to be doing. This Ohio battle is a national battle. Everybody in the United States is pro-life ought to be coming into this state to help. We need everybody on, on the ground here in this state because it's like a land war. We have to win here. We win here, then we can move out and win in other places. You understand? It's like a land war. We have to be strategically minded. We have to think like this is a war. Occupied states, non-occupied states. Free states, slave states. States where unborn children are protected, states where they're not. We've got to win one to put that beachhead, right? And say, no more. You're not getting any more. This is it. It's going to stop in Ohio. So it's not perfectly analogous, I get it. The pro-life movement isn't like, you know, <laughs> the allied forces in, in Europe. We don't have one commander, you know, that can control all the troops. You know, we're not unified in that way for, uh, for obvious reasons, right? So it's not perfectly analogous, but, you know, we can, we can kind of take some lessons from this. Uh, but we have to win in Ohio. Now, what is the final outcome? What, what, what could be the final outcome of the abortion issue in America. Here, here, let me give you three possibilities, and those possibilities are good, better, and best. Okay? Good, better, and best. 
When we think about a federal remedy for abortion, because this state-by-state thing isn't going to work. This is not the way it has to. It cannot end this way. This, this is not going to protect the unborn children all across America is what you need, we need. So the good remedy, one good remedy is a congressional ban on abortion, right? You pass a law through Congress, uh, the president signs it, abortion is illegal across the country from the point of conception. That's one way. That's good. Better is the Supreme Court recognizes that the unborn are persons in the 14th Amendment. That's good. But that's, that's actually better. Best, which is the hardest, but we may have to go there, that is a constitutional amendment, which would clarify what a person is in that 14th Amendment. Now, that's a tall order because it takes two-thirds of the Congress and three-fourths of the states. Good, better, and best. Good, better, and best, right? But it's all about that 14th Amendment. It's all about that 14th Amendment. Now, we need to be talking about that a lot. So... We have a strategy here at Created Equal. We're not necessarily a political group. However, when the battle's in the political realm, we're going to be there. And that's why we're fighting this constitutional amendment. That's why we went up to Michigan and helped our friends at Protect Life Michigan. Because wherever the battle rages is where we need to be, right? That's where we need to be. And so it is a political debate right now. It's a battle over politics. We have to be there. That's number one. Number two, we have to be prophetic We have to be truth-tellers. Number three, we need to be pragmatic. So politically, we understand we have to beat this constitutional amendment. You're going to hear more about that tomorrow. Uh, We're going to have a panel discussion. You guys are going to get all your questions asked, and we're going to put you to work. Number two, we have to be prophetic, truth-tellers. That's who Create Equal is. We go out on the streets of the cities, on campuses, in front of high schools, and abortion clinics, and so forth, and we tell the truth about abortion. That's what we do. We warn the nation that you cannot shed innocent blood and have a future. Literally, it's just not possible. We take it to the streets. Number three is the pragmatic. And I know that's a dirty word with a lot of pro-life people. They, oh, pragmatic, that means you're going to compromise all that. kind. No, not necessarily. We need to prepare for the long run, the long run. Win or lose, win or lose. We have to, if we lose in, in, in November... We got to have a plan. We win in November. We got to have a plan. We got to have contingency plans on paper, at least, ready to go day one on November 8th if we win or if we lose. You understand? And one of those things we started thinking about about a year and a half ago was when, and I'll take you through this a little bit and then I'll finish up. And that is, um, what do we do with this free state, slave state thing? Or uh, abortion haven state, abortion uh, free state situation like you see behind me on this map. Now, I don't know, 2016, what happened? Mitch McConnell denied Merrick, Merrick Garland. Now, I'm going to give you some political stuff. It's kind of in the weeds, but it's cool to see the hand of God here. 2016, Mitch McConnell, who was the majority leader of the Senate, denied Merrick Garland a hearing to be Supreme Court justice. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but to be honest with you, that was probably the turning point. And so that seat that was empty was not filled. Anton Scalia was, you know, if you remember, he, he, he died and left that seat open. And uh, Mitch McConnell did not fill the seat. And so guess what? Donald Trump gets elected. 
Then, Neil Gorsuch gets nominated and confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court, number one. Number two, Brett Kavanaugh. Who, who can forget those hearings, right? He gets confirmed to the United States Supreme Court. So we have Trump elected, two Supreme Court justices. And you start thinking to yourself, whoa, something's happening here. Something's happening here. God's at work. There is a chance that we could overturn Roe v. Wade. And we started thinking about it. I started thinking about it. What is it going to look like on the other side of this? What are we going to do if it happens? And then one of the most beautiful days of my life, I can tell you that, is when Amy Coney Barrett took the, the oath of office with Donald Trump by his side and Clarence Thomason, Thomas giving the oath. You guys remember that? Oh, it was awesome, man. I was like, oh, my Lord, here we are, God. We're in a place. We can overturn Roe v. Wade. And then the Alito leak came. And we're like, oh, wow, is this going to happen? And then, again, a year ago, actually Saturday, a year ago Saturday, June 24th, 2022, Dobbs v. Jackson was handed down. And here we are. So a while back, I started thinking, what would it look like? Now, this abortion-free, abortion you know, this whole thing, what do we do? So I started thinking about, what about, and again, this is not completely, you know, my own idea per se, but I started thinking, well, you know, if, if this is the way it's going to be, we need to be mobile. This idea that we're going to have brick-and-mortar abortion clinics and that's going to be the, 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 the paradigm going forward. That's probably not going to be the case. We all know that 50% of all abortions are pill abortions. That's number one. Plus, the changing landscape, like as you see behind me, who can predict what's the next state to protect unborn children or the next one to, to make it legal up to married woman to birth? So we need to be mobile. So I started thinking about mobile pregnancy centers, right? Which, of course, our friends at Save the Stores have been doing this for decades, but the difference was we were going to put these on the borders of states where you have an abortion-free state and an abortion haven. At abortion clinics in those states where an abortion haven, where the abortion clinic is in the abortion haven state, so that when women are leaving states that are abortion-free, they'll cross the border and go into these states where abortion is legal. And we can move these mobile pregnancy centers across the country and place them in in, in in uh, strategic locations to be able to meet the need of a post-Roe America. So we started thinking about this mobile pregnancy center, and I got hooked up to our friends at, at uh, Vans for Life, and it took a year, but here we are, right there. Amen? Now, to finish up, before you leave, you got some yard signs and other things to take. Go to createdequal.org slash Ohio for more information. Be sure to be here tomorrow. Mike Spencer will be speaking. You want to hear about what the church can do to be involved. But I got a, a kind of a special treat for you, and that is when you leave tonight, right outside those doors, you're going to be able to walk through that because we just received delivery of that mobile pregnancy center just last week. Amen? So give it up. Thank God for his faithfulness. Gave us a vision. Listen, I don't know how all this is going to work. We have some partners in Southwest Ohio right now. Uh, Candace Keller, I know some of you might know her. She was the author of the Heartbeat Bill. She runs a pregnancy resource center in Middletown, Ohio. She's going to be the one overseeing this. But we've got partners in Cincinnati, partners in Dayton, 
Dayton Right to Life, Cincinnati Right to Life. We've got a Planned Parenthood and a Women's Med Center. And that's where this thing's going to be, at least in the short term. But the idea is it's here to use. And if it's needed other places, that's where it'll go. And hopefully, you know, it won't be needed here in Ohio, but uh, we'll see. So as you leave tonight, outside these doors, you can take a look at this uh, mobile pregnancy center. I like to call it the Border States Rescue Unit, actually, because I think that's more apt for what we actually try to do. The idea is here you're trying to get sidewalk counselors to get the women to come inside to get an ultrasound because we know women that see their baby on an ultrasound, 8 out of 10 of them choose life. It's all about the visuals, folks. Whether it's abortion victim photography or it's a pre-war baby on an ultrasound screen, it doesn't matter. Visuals change minds. 